I'm grateful that we have a first lady that on her own will open in prayer. Amen. That I think is a first. We're having a lot of firsts right now. How many know that? Praise you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to come together. We thank you for the rain, and we also thank you, God, that today we're having a dry out, drying out period to give the land a rest, to soak up that rain. We thank you, God, that rain means a spiritual revival. And we thank you, Father, for a spiritual revival in our land. That you are literally revealing those who are against us. And you are supernaturally removing them. I pray for our president. Give him wisdom. Give him understanding. And I know that you have placed word people around him as advisors. And I thank you, Father God, that you've placed solid counsel around him. Not only that, but he has the Holy Spirit to guide and direct and to teach him. And I thank you, Father, that he will yield to your spirit and be led of your spirit. No weapon formed against him or us shall prosper. And any tongue that rises against him or us shall be shown to be in the wrong. And I'm asking you, Father God, to divinely protect him and his family and protect the true believers in this country and their families. For there is a mighty rushing wind from the Holy Ghost that's taking place, that's about to take place in our country, and God, I'm asking you to get people saved or remove them. This is a time, Father God, where we must be in our personal lives, and when we come together alert, prepared, and expecting, come expecting to hear your voice and to understand your precepts and to be led by the Holy Spirit in everything we do. So God, I yield myself to you this morning. I thank you that you teach through me by the Holy Spirit. And we come in the mighty name of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you for the privilege that Pastor and I have to be the pastors over this flock and I pray for each one of them and those that will hear us on the air that God's lives are being changed we live in a time Father that things are happening so quickly time is going by so quickly that every moment counts so today, Father God, the word that comes forth, I thank you that we will take this word, yield ourselves over to it, and allow ourselves to be open to what the Spirit has to say, and not just hearers of the word, but doers also. 
for this is the hour that those have got, that have gone on before, before us desired to be in. And we're very grateful that you chose us in this time and this hour. And you are pouring out your spirit upon your children that desire, desire to know you and the power of your resurrection. So this church is a hospital and it is a house of prayer. And you told us to name it Shekinah Glory for your manifested presence will be here. And we thank you, Father God. You have never, ever let us down. And I'm asking you to multiply. Multiply the abundance of people, their finances, their healing and wholeness, and that they see their families completely saved and set free. And we give you the praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I have a ref uh, nugget today. Pastor named this sermon Refreshing News. The nugget is cheer up birds also have bills but they keep singing <laughs> cheer up birds also have bills but they keep singing <laughs> that goes along with rejoice the lord always and again i say rejoice <clears throat> these scriptures i'm going to give today are scriptures that i'm sure you've already heard but they are refreshing and there's scriptures that we need to stand on this year. Amen. So the first talks about greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we know that's in 1 John 4, 4. Let's turn to Matthew 28, 18, 18 through 20. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's powerful. The things possible, impossible with man are possible with God, and God lives in us. So the impossibilities that the, the enemy tries to bring to our minds, there's nothing impossible with God. We have to know him, and we have to trust him. So I'm going to ask that we take these scriptures that you get today and one by one meditate on them and learn them. So you will be able to quote them whenever you need to. So in Matthew 28, <clears throat> 18 through 20, and Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I am with you always forever forever and ever he is with us always if someone can turn down this heater I'd appreciate it so greater is he the amplified said Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them all authority all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go then and make disciples, thank you, of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And behold, 
I am with you all the days perpetually, uninformally, and on every occasion to the very close consummation of the age. Amen. So let it be. You didn't turn it off, did you? Okay. Praise God. So number one is Christ, the hope of glory, the Lord who lives in us, okay? Christ, the hope of glory, is the mystery that God has revealed. And so let's turn to Colossians 1, 26 and 27. We need to realize how great God is that lives in us and how we have the power within us to change things. Every word we speak that is his word has to come to pass. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So every time we speak forth faith or this morning as you hear the word, Faith is coming to you. Faith cometh by hearing. So open up your ears and your spiritual ears and say, I'm ready to hear because I'm ready to do. I'm ready to see a change. This, I truly believe, is the year of change. And it's going to come fast. And we need to be so tuned into him and in tune with him that we don't miss it when he comes, that we don't miss it, that we're not so busy doing something else that we miss when he wants to speak to us. So in Colossians 1, 26 and 27, it says, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, that's us, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wherein we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Hallelujah. Christ is working in us mightily. David Ingalls has a song, the word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what I see, the, the word is working mightily in me. Hallelujah. And that's what the scripture, you know, if you listen to his um, CDs, you'll, you'll, everything he sings is scripture. So in Mark 13, 31... Come on, Mark. Okay. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So his words are never going to pass away. The more words you learn down here, the better off you're going to be because his words will not pass away and his word will be spoken in heaven. And when we come back to rule and reign, those that are going to rule over much will be the ones that have the word of God in them, that know the word, can speak forth the word. 
So the word is working mightily in us. Amen. That's powerful when you think of it. Heaven and earth shall not pass away, but my words. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But the day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. God is the only one that knows the day when Jesus is going to come and get us. Praise you, Jesus. But he did tell us that there would be certain signs before he came. And the signs are there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Heaven and earth will perish and pass away, but my words will not perish or pass away. And the Amplified, but of that day or that hour, not a single person knows nor even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now listen what he says in verse 33. Be on your guard, constantly alert, and watch and pray, for you do not know what the time will come, when the time will come. It is like a man already going on a journey when he leaves home. He puts his servants in charge, each with his particular task, and he gives orders to the doorkeeper to be constantly alert and on the watch. Therefore, watch, give strict attention, be cautious and alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Watch, I say, verse 36, lest he come suddenly and unexpectedly and find you asleep. And I say to you, I say to everyone, watch, give strict attention, be cautious, active, and alert. This is for the hour that we live in. Watch. Don't be asleep. There are a lot of people have fallen asleep at the things, in the things of God. This is not the time. Amen? Okay, number two. He redeemed us with his blood. We should live worth of him. So he redeemed us with his blood. We just partook of communion and we should live worthy of him in 1 Peter 1 13 through 25 So, wherefore, gird up the loins of your minds, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. I like what it says in the Amplified Bible. So, brace up your minds, be sober, circumspect, morally alert, morally alert. Set your hope holy and unchangeably, on the grace, divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus the Messiah is revealed. Live as children of obedience to God. Verse 14. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. You notice it says, it says the requirements of the gospel. How many know that the gospel requires certain things? God requires certain things of us. There's certain ways that God requires that we live if we're true believers. Amen? Amen. 
it's sad that in the days that we live in, these things aren't taught much. But we need to take heed. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that govern you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. 15. But as one who carried you is holy, you yourself also be holy in all your conduct and matter of living. For it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call upon him as your father who judges each one impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct yourself with true reverence throughout the time of your temporary residence on the earth, whether long or short. You must know, recognize that you were redeemed, ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition and from your forefathers, not with corrupt things, corrupt, corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ the Messiah, like that of a sanctified lamb without blemish or spot. Praise God. What a father we have, amen? What a Jesus we serve. It is true that he was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it from the foundation of the world, but he was brought out to public view, made manifest in these days at the end of the time for the sake of you. Through him, you believed in, adhered to, and relied on God, what ra who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are created and rest in God. Since by your obedience in the truth through the Holy Spirit, you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren. See that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. Praise you, Jesus. Love one another fervently from a pure heart. You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin, seed, sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. Hallelujah. For all flesh, mankind, is like grass, and all its glory, honor, like that flower or grass. The grass withers and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord, divine instruction, the gospel endures forever. The word of God, the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. Hallelujah. I mean, when you read this, this part of this chapter, what promises we've been made, what God did for us and he who lives us in us is so supernatural that God desires for us to be partakers of his glory here on the earth. So people see in us what they saw in Jesus. Christ in you and I, the hope of glory. Praise God. When people watch us and watch our lives, they should have hope. Have you ever thought about that? People are watching you. And they should have hope that there is a better life. There is a better way. That God is all-powerful. He's the healer, the deliverer. He brings prosperity. He paid the price. He became poor so we might become rich. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show over Satan openly, triumphing over him in it. In what? In his death, burial, and resurrection. 
glory to God when you think about who lives in us and who we have dwelling within us. When he says, be ye holy as I am holy, you know that you can do it. That's, that's the neatest part of it. We know that we can do it because he lives in us and operates through us as much as we will allow him to. Number three, he gave himself for us. We should live for him. Christ lives in us. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Who we are in Christ. Who he is in us. There is no greater. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that shall show forth the glory of him who has brought us out of darkness into his glorious, marvelous light. Hallelujah. Think of that. He brought you out of darkness into his light. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That old person that used to live in this body does not live in there any longer. Verse 5 in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, I'm sorry. But the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. He died and was raised again for our sake. Amen. You know, he didn't have to leave heaven. He didn't have to come down here, but he chose to. Before the foundation of, of the world, they, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Elohim, they all got together and they said, let us make man in our own image. And at that point, they knew that we were not going to be puppets. And they knew that if sin came, Jesus said, I saw Satan thrown out of heaven, cast out of heaven amongst the nations. And those nations are the the, the people, the dinosaur people and all the cave, whatever you want to call them. That's, that was who was there. They were destroyed and God recreated us. And in Genesis, it talks about God said, God said, God said. He recreated everything for his glory. <clears throat> to have a people after him. Hallelujah. When you think about that, he could have stayed there, but he wanted, he wanted fellowship with man. He desired, he loved man, he, he, he saw us all, and he created us all, and he desired to have that fellowship. And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for, that, for their sake. It says in verse 16, Consequently, from now on, we estimate and reward no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards or value, 
No, even though we once did esteem Christ from a human viewpoint, and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the flesh and all new has come. Hallelujah. What a promise. God, we just thank you this morning. How much you love us. You love us so much that you sent Jesus to die, go to hell, rise again, and to live in us. How powerful. Galatians 2.20. How powerful. Never, never, never forget who you are and who he is in you. Whenever the enemy tries to pull you down to your old nature, look up and say, that's not me. I've been redeemed. Don't even go there. Galatians 2.20 For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself, himself for me. Excuse me. I have been crucified with Christ in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, in, by an adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He gave himself up for me. We've been crucified with him, but we did not have to pay the price. We received the benefits. God is so faithful. Galatians 1.4 Who gave himself for our sins that we might that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our father he who gave himself for us for our sins that we might that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God our father to him to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. I like what the Amplified says. It says, who gave, yielded himself up to atone for our sins and to save and actually sanctify us in order to rescue and deliver us from this present wicked age and world order in accordance with the will and the purpose and the plan of our Father, of our God and Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Titus 2, 11 through 15. I hope you're getting something out of this. God, let them hear this a whole new way, each one of us. Let us hear this. Let us hear the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of us. 
Let us truly know and understand who you are in us and who we are in you. Let us have a new revelation this morning of how great you are and what you desire in our lives to do here on this earth. For God, we are being prepared. We are being prepared. And we yield ourselves to you this morning to walk through whatever comes our way and use the anointing that you have placed in us to overcome and to help others overcome the things of this world. Praise you, Lord. Titus 2, 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, verse 14, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purity unto himself, a peculiar people zealous of good works. God, I just thank you. It says in the Amphite, who gave himself on our behalf that, we, that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom. Think of this, purchase our freedom from all our iniquity and purify for himself a people to be peculiarly his own people who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. Hallelujah. Tell them all these things. Urge, advise, encourage, warn, and rebuke with full authority. Let no one despise or disregard or think little of you. Conduct yourself and your teaching so as to command respect. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5.25 Praise you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Praise you, Jesus. He has sanctified us, cleansing her by the washing of the water of the word. That's how we cleanse ourselves, church, continually. It's a continual, you know, we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, but daily all this junk from the world tries to get on you, people's um, anger and, and their rebellion and their critical spirit and everything else that comes with it. But God's continually, as we open up ourselves to the word of God, 
washing us by the washing of the water of the word. That's why the word is so important every day. It's not just a little dabble do you on Sunday. Every day you need to take the word and cleanse yourself with it. That's why the more word that you are able to meditate on and learn where you can speak it forth, you will continually cleanse yourself with the word. Ephesians, uh, 1 Timothy 2.16. What a privilege we have. We have the whole world word. Some countries only have one page of the Bible. Some people just have one page. And so they read it and they learn it and they meditate on it. And then they exchange it with someone else. How would you like to only have one page? We don't realize how privileged we are. We don't realize that God is making America great again. So this country will rise up and be the country that we have been called to be in God we trust. And we're a part of that. We are a part of that. What a precious blessing and responsibility God has given us for this hour. Think of it. When we walk in a room, God walks in that room. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Every place you foot, put your foot is supposed to prosper. See yourselves as ambassadors for Jesus Christ here on the earth. Everywhere you go, the Spirit of God goes. And God wants to bring forth a mighty outpouring of his Spirit on this land. God wants us to walk into the realms of the Spirit like we have not seen for years. Or when you, when you become so full of Jesus Christ and the glory of God that people fall on their faces and begin to repent as, in, as they did in days of old. God, and you, you have been privileged to, we have all been privileged to receive the word of God. You talk to many Christians, they don't have the word. But you've been privileged. Walk in what he has given you and desire for more. This world has nothing. We are sojourners going through this world for what purpose? To reveal the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. First Timothy, did I say 2.16? Begin to see yourself as God sees you. Like, like the nugget was, cheer up. Birds also have bills, but they keep singing. Praise God. First Timothy 2.16. Uh-oh. 316. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Appreciate it. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, Received up into glory. Powerful. Powerful. Now this is heavy. I'm going to go on to chapter 4. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressively declares that in the latter days some will turn away from the faith giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. Who, and then it goes on. 
We're in the last days, so don't be shocked when people turn away. I don't want that anymore. It's too much work. How much work is coming to church twice a week? Come on. How much work is reading the Bible every day? How much work is praying an hour a day? I mean, he gave us the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is kick back and just start praying in the Holy Ghost. You can pray through the Holy Ghost for hours and hours and hours. Praise God. And the neat thing about praying in the Holy Ghost is the devil has no idea what you're praying. So if you really want to tick him off, start praying in tongues. <laughs> Jude 20. I don't want to get away from my notes, but we're going to for a second. Right before Revelation. How many have been praying in tongues? A lot. You need to be. The spirit knoweth your infirmities, your body frailties and mind weaknesses. So we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. But you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith, making progress right, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Number four, he heals our sickness. He carried our infirmities and bore our sickness. We are healed by his stripes. Matthew 4, 20, 23 and 24. And he, pre he went about in all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news, gospel, and the kingdom, and healing every disease, every weakness, every infirmity among the people, so that the report of him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were sick, those afflicted with various diseases, torments, those under the power of demons and epileptics, and paralyzed people, and he healed them. And great crowds joined and accompanied him about coming from Galilee. And it goes on. They, they, they just came. They just, they wanted, they wanted to be set free. Who doesn't? People want to be set free. Well, some like to keep their demons. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great throngs followed him. And behold, a leper came up to him and prostrating himself, worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to cleanse me by curing me, by healing me. He reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be healed and cleansed and be cured. And instantly his leprosy was cured and cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you go tell nothing about this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and present an offering that Moses commanded for a testimony to, the he to your healing and as an ev evidence to the people. Amen. 16 and 17. When evening came, they brought to him every man, him many who were under the power of demons, and he drove out the spirits with the word and restored to health all who were sick. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in, in order to carry away our weaknesses, our infirmities, and bore away our diseases. Hallelujah. 
Isaiah 53, 5, Jesus bore the stripes for our healing and by his stripes we were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. Psalms 107, 19 and 20, they cried unto the Lord and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all, 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 all destruction. Five, he meets our needs. He became poor so that we be became rich. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. I can tell you that this is going to be a while. Not today. Let's go for a little bit. Twenty, but gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasure in heaven, where nothing, where neither moth nor rust nor worm consume and destroy, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in your conscience is darkened, how dense is that darkness? Now we, we see many, many people in the day that we live in or getting into pornography and looking at things that they shouldn't look at, watching things they should not walk. Well, that causes darkness to come in. Great darkness to come in. And then they, they become addicted to it. A spirit comes in. They become addicted to it. And so Jesus is telling them, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. So it's very important that we watch what we, be careful of what we watch. Be very, very careful. Because what our eye watches, it goes up here, and this is a computer up here, and it, it turns it around and around and around. Trust me. The only way out of this is by the washing of the water of the word and deliverance. Let me tell you, it's the only way out. But the eye, if the eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the very light in your conscience is darkened, how dense is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or will stand by and be devoted to one and despise the other. D despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, or worried about, about your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink about your body, what you shall put on is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above more excellent than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them. Are you not much more than they? And who of you be anxious, be worrying and be anxious, can add one unit or measure cubit of his statue or the span of his life? And he goes on. And then it goes to 33 and says, But seek, aim at, and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and all these things taken together will be given unto you. Do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own sufficient for each day is its trouble. I like what it says in the um, King James. Take, therefore, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow 
shall take thought for things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Be prepared every day. Every day. Okay. This this is chat this is number five. He meets our needs. He became poor so we can become rich. Third John two, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And how did they prosper? He goes on to tell them how excited he is, I'm paraphrasing this, that they are in the word. It tells you right there in 3 John 2, they're prospering because they're in the word. Amen. That's not in my notes. That's just, okay, um, Luke 22, 35. If you have the word in you and God blesses you with finances, if you've got the word in you, you will not be frivolous with his money. You know, if, if I don't know how many of you are watching Donald Trump, but he has saved this country millions and millions and millions of dollars. Just the airplanes for our military. Millions of dollars. Why? Because he's a businessman. He knows how to do that. We already have three, tr $3 trillion dollars that have come back into our country in a month. Well, that was done in three weeks while others have just blown our money out there. You know, I'm believing for a miracle. You have a godly person in, in the White House, God's going to move. And God wants the church to rise up and become the church. And like Brother Hagin said, there will be a remnant of people, word of faith people praying that will turn it around. And you're part of that, okay? All right. Luke 22:35. Let me get there. Companies are coming coming back to our country. So there'll be jobs in this country. Think of this. People are working. All our money's not going to be spent on welfare and all that. Think of, just start, just start putting your mind out there. If we're not putting out all this money, then this country can, can come back and be the richest country in the world and blessed. And God wants to do that. He wants to do it immediately. Now, there are people that don't want that, but God does. I'm not trying to lift up our president, but He's a Christian. He's got Christian word of faith counselors. Pray for the man. Luke 22:35. Maybe you don't like him. I don't know. I know when I started praying at the very beginning, God said, vote for him. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no purse or provision, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? They answered nothing. They didn't have any purse, provisions, or sandals. But they didn't lack anything. Then he said to them, but now let me... Now let him who has a purse take it, take it, and also the provision bags, and let him who has a sword sell his mantle and buy a sword. For I tell you that the scripture must be fulfilled in me. And now listen, this was Jesus, and he was counted and classed among the wicked, the outlaws, the criminals, for what is written about me has its fulfillment, has reached its end, and is finally settled. Amazing. 
2 Corinthians 8, 9. If the world doesn't like you, don't let it bother you. They didn't like Jesus either. They called him a devil. I don't think anybody's called you a devil since you've been born again. I hope not. Well, if they do, you know where that's coming from. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessings in and through in that though he was so very rich, yet for your sakes he became very poor in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. Hang on to that, church. Take that as your scripture this week. Don't let it go. How many know what scripture I'm talking about? Anybody know where we are? Mark, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Just call it in. The more you give, I mean, I'll tell you how we got out of poverty. There's only one way out, I'm just going to tell you. Giving. And I'm not talking little giving. The best you have. We're going to stop here. I hope you all got something. See if you can meditate on all these and learn them this week. At least learn, I mean, some of these you know. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen? I challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. Learn these. See what happens after I'm done teaching these two pages. Learn them. Know them by heart to where you can speak them forth and speak them out. I promise you, something will happen in your life. Something will happen all around you. Things will start to turn around and change if you believe them. Amen? Just don't be a parrot, but know them. Every time you quote it, every time you read it, expect it to happen. I'll take this with you. I can leave it here. No, I need to study it more. Okay, we're almost to March. <laughs> you know, when you get a certain age, age just doesn't matter. It just goes faster. Every year goes faster, so get excited. How many are excited about this year? How many can get, think of the hardest situation you can think of and start taking scripture and applying it to that situation and refuse to allow anything opposite to what you're believing for come out of your mouth or get in your head
but just keep quoting that, that scripture and, and believing it. First, you've got to get the scriptures, and then you have to believe it. And if you can't find someone else to believe it with you, just grab Jesus. Of course, he's going to believe with you. But if you're a couple, you need to know what you're believing for and come together and believe for it. If one's faith is down here, one of you might have to drop down a little bit until you don't try to yank them up and get upset because they're not where you are. I'll give an, I'm going to very quickly give an example. When we first got in the Word, in the Word of Faith, Matthew hit his head on the end of our stereo and he had a huge gash. Pastor had faith to lay his hands on it and pray for it and believe that it would be healed. I'm sitting there looking at blood and I'm saying, we need to go to the doctor. So he brought his faith. He said, that's fine, we'll take him to the doctor. Now, now can I believe for that? Yes. But at that time, I couldn't. Don't get upset if the person you're married to or whatever is not where you are. Just keep speaking the word and praying, and they'll get there. But when strife comes in, you just blow it all. Amen? So that's my tidbit for the day. Father, we thank you for the word that's come forth this morning. We see who we are in Christ. Nothing's impossible. Greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. You have made us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So, Father, I pray over each person. I ask you, Father God, to minister to them this week. Move on their behalf this week. You've already gone ahead and you're already I can see this you're already taking care of some situations that the enemy was going to try to throw in people's paths here but you're already taking care of that all they need to do is listen to you and walk with you in every circumstance and situation that they come in contact with and ask you what scripture they're to speak forth. I give you the praise and the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. You are setting the crooked path straight for these people this week. And I praise you for it. You're removing hindrances. So I ask you to bless them, multiply them, and give them supernatural strength and joy. For the joy of the Lord is their strength this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Terry, if you